This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. What up? This is Myron, and you are listening to the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast, the alternative underground back alley secret society speakeasy dive bar style podcast of and about the Seattle Mariners. Hey, this might be the very last episode of 2022, but don't worry, we will be back right when 2023 starts, pushing you through up into spring training and we will be down there at spring training the week of the wbc so check us out some uh locations and uh you know recording sessions will be announced somewhere down the line here uh and again thank you for liking subscribing and following us here on the odyssey app or wherever else you get your podcasts and on youtube check us out our episodes are now up on youtube today on the episode we are discussing you know, maybe why things aren't getting done as far as free agency with the Mariners. We also talk about the whole hype of, you know, waiting around for next year because the Mariners are going to be going after Otani. We also talk about, uh, you know, the DH situation here on the Mariners because as of right now, Tom Murphy is our projected uh, DH. If you go on to any of these uh, projection sites or fan graphs, we know that's not going to be the case. So we talk a little bit about that. And of course, we are talking about the ongoing, you know, interest by the fans and maybe the Mariners of Pittsburgh outfielder Brian Reynolds and a couple other players that maybe are possibilities uh, that we could see trades for. Anyways, I'm going to shut the hell up and get out of the way so you can enjoy possibly the last episode of 2022. Of Mustard. Get ready to play hardball in the kingdom. Take me to the ball game. I want to see the ends. The Mariners are playing hardball. Did it again and again and again. Francis Tours, the vacation company, brings you the best show in baseball when the San Diego Chicken plays hardball with the Seattle Mariners and the Baltimore Orioles tonight in the Kingdom. We didn't get anything uh, under the Christmas tree from uh, Jerry since the last episode. Anyways, I'm still up here in Seattle. We are at an undisclosed location, myself and our, our guests for our dropping guest today the ninja is back here on the rye bread and mustard podcast yo what up there happy holidays ninja likewise yep the ninja is here to uh you know put his spin on things here uh so i guess the question is right off the bat i'll say thanks for not sticking us with a 10-year 350 million dollar contract for some bum shortstop Oh, okay. You're happy about that. 
All right, let's get right into that. Uh, Carlos Correa, if you have not heard, he was signed with the Giants, right? And right before Christmas, uh, the Giants were getting cold feet, and the uh, Mets came in there and swooped on him. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that, Hanson? Well, yeah, it just happened to, yeah, the Mets came in and swooped in, and now uh, the Mets doctors have uh, found probably the same issue that the Giants medical people found, something with his leg. I was just reading an article from the New York Post that said that there's about a 55% chance that he still could be signed, and that three teams have called the Correa's um, camp to see, you know, maybe they could jump in, swoop in, or what at, what have you. Uh, they didn't name the three teams, but if by chance it was Jerry, would you guys be happy about that? If we were able to swing a deal that was less years and less money? No, absolutely not. A cheating bum. We don't want that guy. Wrecking, oh. We don't want that guy wrecking that. What we got going in Seattle, you know. I think Jerry's big, you know, clubhouse guy. We want guys that are going to fit in and. Korea definitely would not fit in on the Mariners. He would not be dancing around after wins. I I think he I th- I would take him, but again, we're we're. It just seems like Jerry's just dead set on having <laughs> JP at shortstop. Um, he also doesn't like to spend any money, you know, through free agency. Really, I don't think the Mariners are anywhere near that conversation. Oh, I totally agree with you. I mean. From this article, it did go on to mention that Correa's camp doesn't seem to want to open up any discussion about changing the uh, outcome of that contract or or change the numbers or years. So it, it seems like they're pretty much set in their ways. They want that big contract and injury situation or not, they want the Mets to uh, stick with it. But we'll see how it turns out if they're able to um, – make it happen yeah well did you see like the the fan graphs on sprint speed and the fastest declining sprint speed among major league players and like what they're supposed to average out to did you see that stat i ha- i have not that was kind of like what went with the article about like why they're concerned about Correa's leg is just yeah is the fastest declining sprint speed since you know anybody in the league and they're complete they're since ty france yeah since, uh, Kyle, Kyle, since, since Kyle, Kyle Seeger. <laughs> no, Kyle Seeger was always slow. It's just Correa's slowed down in the last four years. Do you still think you could beat uh, Kyle Seeger in a race? Definitely. I could definitely. If he's going to wear his pants like that, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, a lot of people have talked about Correa because he had those back issues and everything. And not really mentioned about this leg injury until it just came up. So, yeah, that's that's interesting facts that you have there, Ninja. I'd still take him. I mean, I, you know, if you could get him around $300 million for, you know, 10 years or something like that, I don't understand why. I mean, I don't want to sound like Dusty Baker or the rest of those guys in the Astros, but that shit happened so long ago. You know, that, that the cheating scandals were, what, five-plus years you know, removed from when it was happening. It's kind of like ancient, you know, history to me. Also, look, if if he came here and we got a World Series, would you give a fuck? No, right? Let's talk about maybe still a possibility, and I'm sure it's going to be, you know, Jerry's, you know, deemed us a DDT 
team by DDT, I mean draft, develop, and trade. So I guess that's his formula. I'm just going to call it DDT. Uh, it it uh, it still seems like maybe possibly we're still in on this Brian Reynolds trade. I know initially Pittsburgh said that they weren't trading and you know not taking offers. Now it seems like uh, there is a little bit of news that. They're looking for some pitching prospects, which we know the Mariners have. But also, uh, you know, there's some other teams in on this, uh, Yankees being one of them. Uh, I also believe uh, the Dodgers or Toronto was uh, rumored. I'm sure anybody that wants to make their team better and looks at a player who is an all-star right now and has the three years, uh, you know, of team control at what, like six and a half million a year basically is is they're going to be in on it anybody's going to be on it what do you think the mariners should do right here does this make you feel better to know that they're looking for something that we have a lot of um i'm i i don't i'm kind of i'm worried about it i mean the mariners didn't sign anybody didn't spend any money they've kind of been out there saying that they're looking at reynolds the Pirates don't have to trade him. It seems like, and like you mentioned, he has quite a few years left on his contract. Three years, like you said, with a low AAV, which is very, you know, attractive to the Mariners, I feel like, you know, and they don't have to trade him. And the Mariners obviously need to fill the left field spot still. I mean, it's hard for me to think that they believe that Kelnick's ready to go. I mean, we would all like to have Kelnick be at the at the place in time right now where he was projected to be, but he's really not. So I feel like the pirates hold all the cards here. And like you said, there's other teams out there. This might be a type of trade that could really hurt the Mariners. Yeah. I think that the pirates want is Emerson Hancock. They want that top pitching prospect. It's, are we willing to get rid of him for another winker? You know, what's going to come I don't know. I, w- I wouldn't compare this guy to Winker because this guy can play the outfield still. You know, he's 27 years old, so he's a couple of years younger than Winker. Uh, good size, 6'3", 205. Hit 27 home runs last year. Hit 262. OBP of 345. Slugging, 461. Uh, you know, his war is 2.9. Um, I, I wonder how like similar those numbers are to Winker before he came here. Well, we'll have to look that up. We'll get the stat department on that right now. But uh, I, I, I just feel like, hey, this is somebody that's going to affect the lineup right now in a positive way. Uh, you know, if it takes a pitching prospect, which the Mariners have a lot of, you know, pitching in the pipeline, and we don't have a lot of these position players in the pipeline anymore. You know, Kelnick's pretty much it that hasn't come up to the major leagues that's, you know, close to being ready or is ready. You have Tremel. What's the other guy's name that they brought up for like a minute last year at the end of the year? He's another left-handed outfielder. It's like we have all these left-handed outfielders that have not panned out. Um, I don't know if Pittsburgh would want a Kelnick in this trade with a Hancock, but uh, I, I would, I'd be down to do this because you know that you got somebody here and the, and they're, yeah, they're AAV 6.8 million. You know, this guy's not going to make more than $7 million a year for the next 
you know, three years. So you're only committing about $21 million. Seems like a pretty, uh, you know, affordable deal. Yes, you are handing over some prospects, but I mean, is Hancock going to be ready for this year? I don't know. Um, is Kelnick going to be ready for this year? I don't know. But is Brian Reynolds? I would say so. No, I agree with you there, Myron. I think he has, has a, probably a higher upside, and he's more athletic, obviously, than Winker. So I wouldn't quite put him into that category as well. I think that he probably would possibly call for a, a haul that we gave up for in Castillo, you know, which took four of our top end prospects. So, yeah, I would have to include a Hancock, a Kelnick, and a couple other guys maybe because our remaining high-level prospects, I believe, are in the double-A part of the system as far as pitching arms go. So, and I, it's been been told to me by reading and listening to like Divish's podcast that the Mariners would only really trade Kelnick for a proven guy that will be there to uh, really improve the team, not just kind of a, a piece here or there. But he's more of, like you said, he's got three years left on his contract. He's a legitimate piece that could change the outcome of this Mariner lineup and team. I agree. I think uh, we should go out and get this guy. Well, yeah, and you look how crazy the market was for outfielders, right? So get, what did what did what did uh what did Nemo get? Hundred and what sixty million? Nemo, Nemo. Uh, you know, a lot of these outfielders that are free agents now are making a shitload of more than this guy. And I don't know if you would put that guy over Brian Reynolds. Yeah, I think the guy we were hearing the name of was like Andrew McCutcheon. You could go out and sign like as our DH slash outfielder. Andrew McCutcheon, former MVP, but because of his contract, it would cost something like $17 million for like one year to get him or something. Like yeah. That. And, and what's the guy from, uh, Chicago Pollock Pollock. Mm-hmm. Is that AJ Pollock? Yeah. He was with the Dodgers last okay. year. Oh, you mean the White Sox? Excuse me. Yes. He was with them as well. Yeah. We heard uh, at least on Divish's podcast that he turned down a one year, $14 million deal. So, I mean, one year with this person, it, it would get you two years with, with the likes of Brian Reynolds. Sure. You're giving up something, you know, in the back pocket, but if you're in this window right now, I just feel like there's a little bit, I think we've waited enough on, the people that needed to come up and, you know, prove themselves and become this. And look, we've gotten a good harvest. We've gotten the brash. We've gotten Kirby. We've gotten Logan. We've gotten Raleigh. And of course we've got, uh, Julio that I think that's a, that's a good turn. Uh, like that's a good harvest right there, you know, and sometimes you're going to have to sell off some of your other crops. I think that was another name that came up with the Brian Reynolds trader was brash. I want like Brash and Hancock. Would you do it? Yes, I still would. Yeah, for a player of his caliber, and I, I truly believe since he makes less money, that means something to Pittsburgh, and they can leverage that as well um, for more prospects or a bigger trade piece to get in return because his contract is so low. Yeah, I, and I know that there's you, Ninja, you say it was a concern of 
is it going to be another winker? Well, the stat department got back to me. And in 2021, bef- when the Mariners, uh, for, well, sorry, in, I should say in 2022, they were paying for and trading for uh, what he did in 2021. And yes, Winker had a batting average of 305, on base percentage of 394, slug 556, uh, had a 2.9 war, um, and in the home run department, 24. Right. You know, and that was in 485 plate appearances. But he did not uh, play defense the way that Will Myers, or sorry, Will Myers, Brian Reynolds does. And he's definitely in a different sort of shape, you know, athletic shape to me that if you were just to stand the two up and go, which guy do you think is going to maybe like physically decline? I would probably point at Winker. Yeah, absolutely. As far as as outfielders go, defensively, they're in two vastly different categories. Yeah, one one was the second worst outfielder in all of baseball last year, and one's name wasn't Jesse Winker. Yeah, there there you go. So I I do feel like this is the trade they needed to do. And by you know hurting us, are you talking about Hanson? Are you talking about like us not getting him and one of the people like? Uh, New York or any other team that, you know, possibly is in our way of, you know, getting to where we want to be, which pretty much is any team, right? Oh, absolutely. So that's what you meant by how this could, this trade could hurt us, not hurt us in the long run of giving up uh, prospects, but hurt us by not taking advantage of the moment. Yeah, that would be correct. With the money that, you're only going to owe him, you know, over three more years. And look, he's, yeah, ARB eligible after this season. He's a free agent in 2026. You get him through the whole 2026, you know, and, and if that year sounds familiar, that's been a lot of the talk, a lot of the, you know, backlash about Jerry DePoto worrying about what the team was going to look like in 2026. Also, this guy's got more options if something God forbid went wrong. He's got more options than Kelnick. He's got three options left. Yeah, that's something we do not need to worry about. No. But again, if you're Pittsburgh, yeah, you are getting a haul because you know how good of a deal this is in today's market. And also, I don't feel like they. this is a team that's going to be taking a flex in, that is going to be taking a, a Marco. They're not looking for that. They're looking for shit down the road. Yeah, in all honesty, they probably would start off the conversation with throwing Kirby and Logan's name out there, I would assume. Yeah, I mean, originally the reports were when the Mariners were first really interested in this, they were asking for uh, Julio, you know, which I would have just, you know, been like, lose my number. The World Series. Where a pitch is not just a pitch, it's a World Series pitch. Where a hit is not just a hit, it's a World Series hit. A win is not just a win, it's a World Series win. Now you've got a chance to win a trip to the 1984 World Series by entering Major League Baseball's Grand Slam sweepstakes at all Major League ballparks and participating retailers. Baseball fever, catch it. The preceding message was furnished by Major League Baseball. But there seems to be like 
some smoke, I guess, around two other outfielders that, you know, would be part of that DDT where we could, you know, uh, draft, develop, uh, trade. So this would be uh, Anthony Santander. Is that how you say his name? He's on the Baltimore Orioles. And Tyler O'Neill, who is on what, the uh, uh, St. Louis Cardinals? Cardinals. Yeah. So what do you think um, – what do you think the realistic uh, odds are of trading for one of these guys, and what do you think it would cost? I um, Anthony Santander is a great player. Had a great year in Baltimore, switch hitting outfielder, I believe. Um, in Baltimore, um, I I truly believe he would probably cost near the same as it would for Brian Reynolds. Maybe not quite as much, but he's a good player and Tyler O'Neill, the other player you mentioned, he was who we traded. He was in the Mariners organization and that's who we traded to get Marco Gonzalez a few, few years ago. We yep. had a, had a great couple of years. I uh, was injured, was injured quite a bit last year. So that would be interesting having Jerry go after a guy that he traded away. So that brings up some skeptic skepticism and wondering what it would take to get a guy like him again. Um, it's hard to say. I, you know, I've seen other names thrown out there. Um, uh, Ramon, uh, what's his name? The outfielder from uh, Oakland, the center fielder that can play all the positions, uh, all the positions. Uh, what's his name? The guy that killed us last year. Oh man! Yeah, uh, yeah, he's one. What's God? I should have looked it up. Mine. I'm sorry. Ask the stat department right now to check that out. Loriano or something. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll have the stat department get back to us on that guy right now. Guilty okay. Hada? No, it wasn't this. And also, possibly, what's another guy that would cost a lot would be um, Rosarina for Tampa. Oh yeah, he would cost so, he would cost a bunch, and and with these teams like, like specifically Baltimore or specifically uh, uh, Tampa Bay, why would you want to be strengthening other you know wild card ish teams like the Mariners? Yeah, and what do we really have that they would want? Exactly. Well, they're gonna want the yeah. They're probably gonna want like Harry Ford. Yeah. Yeah. Big dumper, everybody wants big dumper. Yeah, but we're not going to give a big dumper. That's well, you know, so high. Right? You don't you don't have to worry about that. But we're I, keeping the name. Yeah, you, but going back to Tyler O'Neill, yeah. If you didn't, if you heard Hanno there, and you're like, what? He was Mariners. Yes, we drafted him in 2013, round three, pick 12, overall 85th. Um, and yeah, we traded him over for the Marco deal. Wouldn't it be funny if Marco was part of that package to go back if we could grab him? That would be amazing. That would that would be amazing. That would be that you know maybe that is something. I mean, St. Louis is a playoff team. I'm sure if Marco was part of some deal back over there, I don't think he'd be that mad. No, they're they're a great baseball town, and he's familiar with them, and they're a good club. Seems like a good fit. 
The staff department, mine, Ramon Lariano from Oakland. Ramon Lariano. All right. Thanks. The stat department got back to us. Yeah. Oh, and here's my other thing of this Anthony Santander. I'm not sure why they would say he would be available for a trade, I guess, you know, but why would Teoscar Hernandez be available for a trade? Uh, uh, but with him, you know, he's he would be a free agent after the 2025 season. So you're getting one last year uh, with uh, him. Um, but he is arbitration eligible in 2023, so maybe that's part of it. Um, he only has one more uh, option. And with Tyler O'Neill. You're looking at somebody that's pretty much similar right there. Free agent after 2025, arbitration eligible 2023, one option. We were listening to Divish's The Seattle Times Extra Inning Podcast, and it was very uh, just kind of like, whoa, like one of those, holy shit, what everybody in the league or a lot of people in the league want to see Jerry and Scott fail, including inside the organization. How did this, how did this all come about and where do you think this all stems from, Hannah? Um, it just must be, I mean, the Mariners culture from way back with Mather, but also, uh, with Jerry, you know, taking over and changing things like any big company, uh, changes hard and, you know, the, the foot soldiers left in the organization, you know, when change happens, they might not always agree with it or think it's the right thing. And there's some backlash. And I think that might have something to do with it. And he also mentioned that some agents have, he's talked to has mentioned that Seattle might be an organization where if it comes down to things that uh, he, they might tell their client to, look elsewhere so I mean that's a big deal if you're the Mariners trying to um, attract free agents here I mean besides the the travel and being out in the you know way out away from every other major league city um, yeah it's a big deal well I think personality and chemistry is a lot in baseball and if you look back at the championship teams it's the, it's the teams with the most chemistry that go on to win you got the Yankees and Dodgers paying money every year. Well, the Dodgers have made the playoffs the last 10 years. Yeah, so the vibe's good, right? Everybody's got yeah. money. Well, yeah. I don't the teams that have, like, outperformed the, the highest payrolls and gone on to win the World Series, you know, that's the, that's how you want your team built. <coughs> everyone's, oh, that is absolutely. everyone's supporting one another. Oh, you're absolutely right. I mean, the Dodgers have had one of the higher payrolls in the last 10 years, only won one title. Same with the Yankees. They haven't won in, the, in over a decade. So there is something to that. I, I think, you know, they brought in Jesse Winker, not knowing what he was like. You know, they knew his baseball, with how he would perform on the field. But this year he didn't. And there was reports of him not meshing well with the team and the and the rest of the players on the team. So, yeah, I mean, you really never know until you get someone in your building. Yeah, they asked Colton Wong, they're like, if we were to win, would you dance a jig? And he answered yes, and that's sold. Yeah, so you're saying maybe some players, basically what you're saying is some players might be like, I'd be interested to go there, but are we going to have to do that dance after the game? Especially if you play the outfield. Yeah. And uh, what if he's like, listen, I would love to play with the Mariners, but I just don't, I don't dance. 
Alex Brandy or Rosarina. <laughs> do you say Hanno? Do you think the dancing has something to do with it? No, because if uh, I mean, I didn't really picture Adam Frazier as a dancer, but he fit in yeah, and yeah. danced fine. Yeah. So, well, something to think about because is it what Ryan Divish is alluding to here, or is it the dance, or is it the weather? I don't, I don't know where to travel. It, it is strange. The ballpark, yeah. The ballpark, yeah. I mean, it is one thing to just blame the person that's supposed to be going out and, you know, writing the checks and all this and that. But then it is a thing of, like, do you want to come to Seattle? I would definitely want to play in Seattle because of Julio. You know, other baseball players have a chance to come play with. Oh. Not because you could just take the bus down to work? No, it'd be like I get to play with like the ne- next greatest player. Maybe I have a little bias, you know. But and to say that we're not willing to spend the money, we just spent like three hundred fifty million on Julio before everyone else. Right, but that's only you know uh, over how many years? Where it's over thirteen, just like all the other contracts. So what are we paying him every? Where would we paying him this year? Like four million or six million? There's a lot of escalators in there. Well, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm happy we didn't. Go, I'm happy we didn't go out and pay too much for some underachiever, basically. And I guess what they're doing now is, you know, what they're paying. They're giving them these long contracts because it has to do with a luxury tax, and you know, b- putting a lot of money on the back end so that they don't have to pay as much in luxury taxes, basically. So then, you know, what's next? You're gonna have somebody that's five hundred million, fifty, fifteen years. You know that's going to be the Otani contract, fifty fifty million fifty million dollars a year for twelve years. Oh uh, yeah, as far as Otani, I mean, yeah, he's the he's going to get at least fifty. I mean, he could be the next sixty million dollar a year guy, possibly. I mean, and for the Mariners to think, you know, I've heard people say, oh, the Mariners are holding off, maybe for Otani. I mean, I don't really believe that. Maybe it's true. I mean, that's a that's a lot. That's a year away, and there'll be twenty, you know, twenty plus teams in on that as well. I could get if you want to hold off for somebody. If you're some shitty team, if you're not a a win now team, I get it. You're like, well, I'm not. We'll just we'll just uh, you know develop what we have. Maybe. Uh, uh, you know, just make it competitive, still want to sell tickets, keep the fans interested. We're going after him next year. But where the Mariners are in a win-now situation and add the add to the fact that, hey, guess what? We're not the only fucking team bidding. We're not bidding against ourselves for this guy. You don't think the Yankees are going to be involved? You don't think the, the way the money, the uh, the way the Mets don't care <laughs> about spending money or the Phillies? Or the Dodgers. Look, if he signs with the Dodgers, he doesn't even have to move. Don't even get me started on Otani. Basically, where Otani goes next year is like pretty much a World Series contender. He's going to pick what team he thinks he's going to best fit in. And then, oh, God, like the Mets, you know, Verlander, Scherzer, and Otani. Oh, man. Every, every, Every lineup you add him to just becomes even, you know, the hitting lineup, too. Oh, but you know, come to the Mariners, Otani. We're gonna win the World Series with you next year. <laughs> I think they are gonna, you know, roll out the red carpet. There's gonna be a lot of 
pageantry and fanfare during the uh, All-Star Game weekend, and I think that's when it's going to heat up. But look, that doesn't do us any good right now. You need to reach out to Ichiro. Just <laughs> well, that was a reason I read that he did not come to Seattle. He didn't want to be tied to any of the Ichiro nostalgia that he brought to the Mariners. He wanted to create his own um, aura about himself as a player and make his own name on his own. So that possibly hurt the Mariners in the beginning. And I've even read where Otani might not want to go to a team that's loaded up because kind of from where his culture is, he likes to, you know, not take the easy way to uh, win a championship. So I don't know if that's true or not, but there's something I read. Well, there's just something that was here, like you said, that he just – no, because, you know, all reports were we were walking down the aisle with him and it didn't happen. He also balked at the L.A. Dodgers. I just don't feel like when we keep being like, we're going to be in on this and, and the belief is we're making a big run because, listen, at the end of this season that we just had, we thought, hey, this makes a whole lot of sense uh, with all the free agents in the middle infield that were available. We're just probably going to add one of them because we have the money to spend and that's what we're going to do. And Jerry said, Hey, we're going to spend when the time's right. And, and it just, that didn't turn out to be the case. So I'm not, you know, uh, too much on board that this is going to be a big reality for Otani next year. And also for me right now, it doesn't do anything. No, I agree with you. And, you know, like you mentioned, the years coming into this year, we uh, had a great year last year, and we're talking about spending the money. But like um, Ninja said, you know, the the class of this year's free agency maybe not wasn't the strongest in some positions that the Mariners needed for outfield, and the market got blown up. So it does make sense that we didn't spend all that money on average players but still it's you know we signed a couple guys for just one year deals in Hernandez and Wong and then next year they become free agents and we're going to go through this all over again unless we re-up them so it's interesting to see where this Mariner management is going to take this team yeah and I think it is fair to say you know when, when fans and people are like we haven't done anything this off season, I I think it is fair to say we haven't done anything, uh, you know, as far as free agent signing, which we haven't. You could point to what they did during the season, and you know, at the trade deadline and signing Julio and extending Castillo, I absolutely applaud them on that. But that was all business that happened last season. Discover the defensive training secrets of America's finest baseball school in an exciting videotape. Baseball World's Defensive Drills video features professional scout and instructor Tommy Mansky and the same revolutionary new training techniques that have produced Baseball World's back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back AAU National Championship teams. The Defensive Drills video vastly improves players' arm strength, running speed, quickness, agility, and infield and outfield defensive skills. Even coaches practice organization. Lou Pavlovich Jr., editor of Collegiate Baseball Magazine, calls it a masterpiece, the best defensive drill video ever produced. Many professional players are excited about this videotape. Just ask Atlanta Braves superstar Fred McGriff. This is the instructional video that gets results. 
Baseball World's Defensive Drills video makes a great gift and benefits players of all ages and ability levels. To order your copy for only $29.95, have your credit card ready and call toll-free. 1-800-253-8005. That's 1-800-253-8005. It really worked for me. I just think it's really hard, me personally, and probably some Mariner, other Mariner fans, Myron, is that last year we had some injuries and, you know, didn't have the depth. This year we still need some players and we still don't have the depth. So if anybody goes down, you know, it's troublesome. So, and then when you don't sign any free agents or people available, it makes people nervous because there is no depth. Yep, yeah, I totally agree. And that hurt us last year because we – didn't really notice it until they came out with the stories at the end of the year after everything was over about how many injuries we were really playing through. Yeah, I mean, they were saying JP was hurt. Uh, we know France was hurt. We know Suarez was hurt and came back early. You know, uh, Julio had the, the, the back spasms. Uh, Dumper had a broken leg or something. <laughs> no, he had a broken thumb. Oh. Uh, and, then, and then you had... Mitch Hanniger, who's the the walking injury, which 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 also just makes it so ironically weird that San Francisco was like, hold on, we're looking at this uh, old injury to Correa, but yet they'll sign, you know, Hanniger. And let's be fair, the guy was hurt every other. Year. That's look <laughs> look at his track record, hurt or missed every other year of his career. Absolutely. That's a good point. I mean, and since you brought up San Francisco, I mean, we as Mariner fans, you know, are concerned that we're having such a piss poor off season. There's a lot of other clubs that have had rough off seasons, Boston, San Francisco, losing judge at one moment and then Correa the next. So there's a lot of fan bases that uh, feel that their te teams are starting pitcher. I think too. Right yeah. Run on to the Yankees. Yeah, but I know. But if you if you look at it, they still signed Conforto. They still signed Mitch Haniger. But yeah, having at one point we got Judge. <laughs> okay, that that hurt. Oh, well, we got Correa, and then yeah, then you're then you got a guy who's hurt every other year, and a guy who didn't play last year coming off injury. So I guess you are right. That's got to be like some shitty mixed feelings down in the bay. Yeah. Uh, you know, but we have to get out before we get out of here. We got to, we have to address it. The Mariners need to get a DH, right? Fan graphs and all these, and all these uh, projected things, which we know isn't accurate. It's just, hey, if, if you. Tom Murphy was having a really good <laughs> season until he got hurt. Just saying. I know. Well, you, yes, that was a spoiler right there. Tom Murphy looks like he's our projected DH. If we were to lace him up and put the, chalk, put the chalk lines out there and fire up the hot dogs and start letting people in and uh, do the national anthem, we're, we're, we're walking out. We're exchanging lineups. Tom Murphy right now is your Mariners DH. Can we get this, the stat group on Tom Murphy's? stats before he got injured last year because i think he had like almost a one ops and he had like he was hitting like 350 uh yeah he he played in 14 games okay so again two two good weeks of baseball Small sample size yes uh which i guess if we were talking the 2020 covid short season sure 
10 hits, one RBI, three walks, and 13 strikeouts, and one home run. Yes, average of 303. You're comfortable with him being your DH. That seems wrong. I remember him hitting. Maybe he's right there. I can look mm-hmm. up. Uh, I can have the stat department look up another thing. But I'm just saying he he's not our DH. Who who's out there that you think would be a good fit? Let's just say somebody that I know we want to as a Mar- the Mariners as an organization want to do a uh, you know a, a rotation thing. But that just seems like that's just not working out and has not worked out the entire time that they've tried to do it. Who's out there, Hanno, that you'd, you'd like to see, you could see sticking in there in DH? Well, like you said, there isn't many of those guys available right now. I mean, DJ Martinez signed, uh, Will Meyer signed, um, the guy that's pretty much out there and could also probably platoon and has played a lot of first base. Maybe the Mariners are hoping he stays on the Meyer for a while so they could get him at a discount or what have you, but Trey Mancini is the name that pops into my head. Yeah, I mean, he's got his title. He's got a good story behind him. Uh, the guy can hit when he's on. Trey Mancini, I thought he I thought he signed with somebody. No, he's still available. Um, he can substitute for Ty France to give him days off for if Ty goes down or gets beamed again this year and misses time again. So he's an option. He had a rough postseason, but uh, he sure always hit when he was with Baltimore. So he would be a nice fit for a guy that's left out on the free agent market. I feel like that would be good, but also get really uh, confusing for my grandma Norma with the tie and Trey. I can't figure it out, but listen, I I think if you, I think that's a really good idea. I know that when we were looking down names, that was a name that we weren't too hot about or I wasn't just didn't jump out at you too much uh, you know yeah when he went over to Houston it, w- it wasn't he wasn't the guy that he was over in Baltimore but that happens all the time you know with those midseason trades offensively I feel like a pitcher is a lot easier to just to plug in at the at, after the trade deadline versus offensively or an everyday player um, I do like that what do you guys think about uh uh, a Nelson Cruz reunion. Do you think that happens, or is he one of these people that had a not so great uh, relationship with Jerry in the in the front office? Yeah, I mean, he's a name that many fans know, and I would certainly like to have him come back. We had to overpay for him the first time he came to Seattle, so I think it might be helpful that he has already played here and is familiar here. So that might it maybe entice him a bit. So I I would be okay with bringing him back. I'd love to see, I'd love to see him back. I mean, he would be the, uh, you know, that right-handed bat, power bat that, you know, we're, I, I guess, looking for. I guess the problem is you couldn't do anything else with him but DH. He'd be that veteran presence, that Carlos Santana presence, I think, in the clubhouse also. Yeah, that's the positive that the Mariners would like. And then, like you said, mine, the negative would be that he only DHs. Yeah, he would be only DHing. And then it would kind of be like, well, if we we were going to go with somebody who was right-handed that provided power that could only DH, then why didn't we just hold on to Kyle Lewis? Fair point. Yeah. Well, anyways, uh, 
we're running out of time here on this episode. I think on the next episode, uh, we should try to break down um, maybe what some of our competition has done, you know, just to get people even more riled up because uh, possibly the Mariners might might have, you know, you can argue if the team is better or worse off than the uh, end of the season. But one thing's for certain, some other teams in our division and some of the people that we are, uh, you know, locking our horns with have made some moves so maybe we'll talk about that uh but anyways this is the rye bread and mustard a mariners podcast that you're listening here on the odyssey app or wherever else you're getting your podcast if you're hitting these on uh, apple you know don't be afraid to review we like these five tool baseball players that jerry hasn't seemed to sign yet but we also love uh five you know star reviews so don't be afraid to give us that five star review and and leave us a review and uh also check us out on the socials uh thanks to the ninja for hosting here tonight and of course hannah up in Edmonds. we'll be back soon this is possibly the last uh podcast of the year we'll be back though right after the new year's possibly tuesday when we're supposed to or maybe check us out on the third uh but also if you're ever wondering when these episodes are coming out because maybe we didn't bring you the episode when we said we were but we're maybe we brought it to you earlier maybe we bring it to you late well if you like or subscribe and follow you don't have any of those problems they just come right to you they'll wake you up in the middle of the night and say hey there's an episode um but anyways hannah you know what fucking time it is charge the card jerry sign somebody i'm gonna keep saying this until you do it <laughs>